Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillah alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Welcome to all the viewers from wherever you are around the world. Uh, Bismillah inshallah today the topic is on Quran burning. As we know this is something that has been discussed by many people over the last two weeks or so. And this is an incident that keeps happening in Europe at the moment. So just to put a little bit uh, uh, perspective into this, we know that the Quran burning started in Sweden. I mean, people have been doing these things, uh, Sheikh Hatim, Sheikh Baba, for quite some time now, on and off, on and off. But it becomes a big issue recently when Sweden decided to, uh, you know, they openly, the government say openly, look, guys, that's fine. You can do it because it is part of the freedom of speech. So specifically tonight, uh, inshallah, we, we're going to be reacting to the uh, podcast between Piers Morgan and Sam Harris. And they, they discuss about these things, and we will go uh, we will go topics by topic, inshallah, maybe three to five topics. Uh, but first, Sheikh Sheikh Hatim Sheikh Baba, welcome. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. I have a first question straight to Sheikh Hatim. Sorry, Sheikh, again to put you on the spot. Um, we love you, Sheikh. So <laughs> my question, Sheikh. You used to, yes. alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So we can keep doing this, inshallah. Now, Sheikh Hatim, <laughs> my first question is, you know, and this is something that many may not understand. Everybody say, you know, why Muslims care so much about their Quran, about their books? Is it because we have to defend Allah's religion, God's religion? Or why Why is it such a big thing for us? Because, you know, and some other, other people will say, you know, this is, so other in other religions, they may not care so much about this. But why Muslim focus so much about this? Why we need to defend about this, uh, about this Quran, about the book, or anything about our religion? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Thank you very much, uh, Brother Firdaus, for that question. Well, uh, to put it in simple words, there is a verse in the Quran where Allah says, um, to his creation, I have not created the jinn and the humans except to worship. So to us as believers, worshipping and being devoted to our creator is the number one priority in our life. It is more important than our jobs. It is more important about more than our families, more than our businesses, more than our political affairs. Our religion, our faith, our loyalty to Allah and his messenger comes in the first place. And that's why maybe some, some of other, the other faiths, um, they no longer hold on to their, their faith and their values. They cannot seem to understand why this is so important to us. A Muslim is you know, uh, living this life through divine laws. And divine laws are clear and standard and they are for everybody. Just because some segment of people who do not follow the divine law that Allah has put on this earth, it doesn't mean that now we as believers, we have to be a carbon copy of other people. So if other faiths or other religions, they don't care about their faith when it is mocked or when it is ridiculed, it doesn't mean we as Muslims have also to be the same. As, um, as you know, today, the only religion on the face of earth which is still practicing fully the teachings of Allah is Islam. And the only religion that is trying to defend humanity from all of the evil and the filth that is going on is only Islam. So this has put Islam on the spotlight where a lot of people who are trying to transgress on Muslims and their values and they're trying very hard and so far they have not been successful because the creed or the aqidah of a Muslim cannot be shaked. They will always be firm in, in their belief. And um, uh, they the, the Prophet you know, taught his companions that Allah and his messenger should be beloved 
to a person, a believer, more than themselves, more than their parents, more than their children. And unfortunately, people of other faith, they cannot understand this concept. But to, it's, a, it's, it's enough that we Muslims understand that concept. We will defend our faith to the last drop, if it, even if it means I lose my life, even if it, it means I lose my family, even if it, it means I lose my home. And that's why we don't have anything to lose. You know, we can never be defeated. Even if you do whatever you do to the Muslims, there will come another generation of Muslims and another generation of Muslims and another generation of Muslims. You cannot defeat us. And it's not in terms of military power or anything like that. No, it's in terms of belief because our belief is uh, engraved in our hearts and it can never be changed. Um, when you love someone dearly, it's very hard to, to watch uh, someone else hurt them and you do nothing about it. So when you, when you say you love something, you have to take an action, not only by words. So today, for example, if my son is in a school and he's being bullied by another kid, I cannot just say that I love my, my son and keep quiet. That is not love. My love is to him is for me to go to the school, to find out what happened, to complain to the to the school, you know, to find ways that the school is going to punish the other kids, to protect my son from being bullied. That is love. But if you just say I love my son and then you leave him to be bullied day and night and you don't do anything about it, that's not love. So our love to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and uh, Allah and our glorious book, the Quran, is beyond imagination. We will do anything for, for our faith. And just to clarify something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need our protection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need us to defend him. But it's out of our own love for Allah that we defend his religion. So um, the, the last thing that I want to say before I end this, there are a lot of good, good people in Europe who are not, you know, burning the Quran, who are not insulting Muslims, who are not uh, hating Muslims and so on. And I had so many friends in Europe. But unfortunately, this small minority that is represented by the government and represented by the media are magnifying this issue to make like the entire European continent is hating Islam and they're willing to burn the Quran. In the, in the, in the past 20 years, you would find selected people, number of my fingers, who are burning the Quran or doing all of this. But in reality, the majority of people are coexisting and living with the Muslims and have no problem whatsoever. They don't see Muslims as a threat. So let us not be also be fooled by the by the media, by magnifying all of this um, this issue for one individual. And by the way, this recent in, in incident that happened, this person who decided to burn the Quran is one of us. This from Iraq, yeah. So he might have some issues back home with his country, with his family. Something went wrong with his life, and he decided, "Oh, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn the Quran." Yeah. So this is an isolated issue where he has to deal with it, but it has nothing to do with the Quran and Islam and, and all of that. Wallahu <clears throat> Zakallah khairan, Sheikh Hatim. Inshallah, we'll play the video, um, on the YouTube clip from Sam Harris. Um, we'll start now. The, the general picture here is that there's, there's only one religion on earth at the moment that uh, imagines that even non-members of the religion should be obliged to live by its strictures. 
right? So they, you know, all religions, or certainly most religions, have some concept of blasphemy. They don't like it when their their sacred objects or sacred places or sacred figures are are defamed. Uh, but there really is there is only only one religion that will murder you for doing anything like that. And 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 really, without any with a, with a full clarity of conscience among uh, you know even majorities in many communities, uh, will will call for for the murder of blasphemers or idolaters or you know other uh, others who try to introduce the the sacred tenets of the faith even if they're not part of the faith and the the general picture here is that there's there's only one religion on earth at the moment so sheikh did you sheikh baba did you hear that yeah i did i did yeah any any comment on that sheikh First of all, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh, brothers. You see, when he says that, we need, as Sheikh Hatim stated before me, we need to take this not to be fooled by the media. We are not to exaggerate this and we are not to underestimate it. We need to address it in balance. First of all, we know that Allah have told us Indeed, we have revealed the Quran and we will take care of it. We will safeguard it. If they were to bend the entire masahib, the entire Quran that existed today, still the Quran will exist because there are many hearts, Arabs and non-Arabs, who have, Allah have blessed them with memorizing the Quran. So the Quran still exists. That is number one. Number two, we Muslims, our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for our deen, is priority number one. Allah created us for nothing but to worship Him. Our principles and our guidance, our role models, is all from the Quran and the authentic Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, if a non-Muslim or a murtad, someone who was a Muslim and then he decided no. I'm no longer a Muslim and I'm, I'm going to burn the Quran. If they were to do that, it does not give me, a Muslim, the license to go and murder him or murder her or attack them. This is left for if he is in an Islamic country where the Islamic Sharia law is implemented, for the judges to decide that. However, my action should be to talk about it and raise my voice to say that I do not condone it and I dislike it. That is number two. Number three, we need to understand whatever we see in the media, let's not take it entirely as they are picturing it to be or as they are framing it to be. I'm not in any way saying the burning of the Quran has not taken place. I'm not saying that. But when they are doing this, they are trying to, to undermine and to cause the Muslims to do something silly so that our deen can be seen. This is how these people react when their religion is abused. As the guy just said, even if he's not a Muslim, they will murder him or her. We need to be careful of that and let's not play these people's game. Wallah subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. Yes, I have, uh, I wanted to add two things uh, to speak about the contradictions that the, the, um, the host was talking about or the guest. He was saying, 
he was saying that uh, the issue of uh, if you blasphemy or you know ridicule Islam, the Islamic faith, you're going to be murdered. You know this is contradicting also of what is going on because until today, this this guy has not been murdered, and he's burning the Quran again, and even the first guy who was burning in Denmark is still alive until today, and even Sulman Rushdie is also still alive until today. So this is a a clear contradiction of themselves. This is not this is not true. Yeah. The second contradiction is when these so-called uh, elite from the from the Western community and the educated and the most sophisticated, when they say that you cannot criticize the religion of Islam, that is not true. Because in the past 40 years, the people who came out to criticize Islam, the Muslims were welcoming that. But let us get a hold. Let us have a judge. Let us have an intellectual debate, like what happened with Sheikh Ahmed Didar, Dr. Zakir Naik, uh, Dr. Shabir Ali. All of these intellectuals come, bring your ideas, bring your criticism, and let us discuss the, our differences intellectually in the way that we are behaved, we are respecting one another, you, have your, you present your point, Say whatever you want about the Quran, I will refute it. Yeah, and I will say whatever I want about your faith, and you refute it. That's how civilized, educated people criticize an idea. But what these people are doing now, going to the street and burning the Quran, this is barbaric. This is going back to the Stone Age. This only shows the level of intolerance that they have. Because if they had tolerance, they would book a hall, bring a bunch of Muslims, you know, question the, this book, question the teachings of this book, question Allah, question the ideologies, question whatever you want. And you will find Muslims who are happily ready to respond to your claims. But what you're doing now, it only represents what level of insanity oppression you are in who does this now in the 21st century goes to the streets and burn books who does that <laughs> you know what why would you want to burn a book what are you trying to prove what are you going to gain yes. if you burn the quran will you stop muslims from reading the quran will you eliminate the quran as sheikh baba said if you take all the qurans and you burn them then within one hour the quran will be brought back again mm. just the three of us here in this small chat room we have enough quran than the one you burnt mm -hmm. every single muslim household you have people memorizing parts of the quran if right. not all the entire quran so what what actually are you doing mm -hmm. you don't even think about what you're doing and i feel pity honestly for this guy who who is burning the Quran because um, he has been deceived to do this idea I don't believe someone like him who is an immigrant who is very simple and poor and this will come up with these crazy ideas especially that he's from Iraq and he knows how Iraqis are would do something like this without being backed up he has been told, he has been instructed, he has been promised, whatever. But what have you been promised? Are you stable now? Are you happy? Are you comfortable? Are you secure? Or you're living in fear day and night? Now the entire Muslim population is hating you and cursing you. What did you gain? What did you gain by making 2 billion Muslims angry? What did you gain? What did you add to your life? People leave this life with a legacy of good memories. People want to remember you that you have achievement, you have done something good for humanity, you have discovered something that helped the life of human beings. But you leave this world with the memory that you are the person who burned the Quran. 
And God knows what will happen to you after you die. Wallahu alam. I got a, uh, I'll put a few comments here, uh, which is a good comment here. Um, someone mocked something, uh, like in this case, you know, someone wanted to mock Islam. The reason being is because he can't attack it intellectually, right? And essentially, that's what it's all about. And the intention is uh, not to burn the Quran. It's an insult because they know how much we love the speech of Allah, which is the Quran itself, right? The word of Allah, the speech of Allah. So it's purely just, you know, when you can't have a conversation, when you don't have when you have nothing to discuss about and you don't have anything to discuss about and you're at the last stage that you, you for whatever reason, you're upset about it and then you mock people. That's what you do. Yeah. Simple as that. I, I, I totally agree with that. I totally <laughs> agree with that. They don't have the courage um, to, to debate with Muslims, to come forward intellectually, and we have seen on YouTube so many debates that uh, they tried to debate with Muslims, whether it's with Dr. Shabir Ali or Muhammad Hijab or Sheikh Ahmed Deidat or Zakir Naik. They all failed because a Muslim is a person with hujjah. Hujjah means the justifiable, you know, reason from Allah. The Quran gives us the answers to all of their questions, to all of their debates. The answers are there in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enlightens the mind of a Muslim when he is being attacked. You know, it's not out of himself, but Allah, you know, uh, you know, enlightens him with an answer. So uh, once um, I was... Um, uh, listening to Dr. Zakir's, uh, Dr. Zakir Naik's uh, lecture, and he was talking about how sometimes you get questions that you can't even, you know, uh, imagine. So he was asked on stage, he was asked if Angel Gabriel came to Prophet Muhammad so and, and told him, read, where is the scroll or the, the book or the, the thing that he was told to read. Where is that? Where is the manuscript of that that scroll that he was told to read? So, so Dr. Zakir Naik did not have the answer. But subhanAllah, Allah gave him the answer. And he asked this person, do you, can you read Japanese? And he said, no, I can't read Japanese. They said, where's the scroll that you were presented by? And then you and then you came to the conclusion that you can't read Japanese. Someone does not have to show you something for you to say, I cannot read. The Prophet ﷺ responded, I cannot read. But it doesn't mean he was presented with something. The same thing when someone says you speak Japanese and you say, no, I don't speak. Oh, I don't read Japanese. It doesn't mean that someone presented you with a, a book in Japanese and then and then you responded that I cannot read in Japanese. So this is the hujjah of the Muslims. And, and as you said, they cannot defeat the Muslim. They cannot defeat intellectually the Muslim and they go to these uh, very cheap uh, ways to try and insult uh, Muslims. I'll just play well, one more clip here. Yes. <clears throat> The voice, I think, it's not working. No voice, uh, Brother Firdaus. You can't hear it? No. No. I'm sorry. Uh, I think I muted it. I'll just try it again. I hear that. Openly burning copies of the Quran. I personally, I'm a massive believer in free speech. I campaign about it on this show all the time. But openly uh, burning copies of a religious book like the Quran, I, don't, I think that does cross a line. I don't think you should defend that necessarily using free speech as, as the defense, should we? Well, well I, don't, I don't defend it as a matter of taste. I'm not advocating that people burn the Quran, but I think we should be politically free to burn any book, right? We should, we should just acknowledge that books are books created by people, right? And the idea that some considerable number of people in the Muslim world see otherwise, right? And, and would imagine that, that, that 
a specific book is more important than any specific person or a group of people that's just it's just upside down ethically and politically in a way that we just have to recognize it's just you know okay so do you guys hear that the uh, the point there yeah so he said yeah yeah i mean <laughs> i have go go yeah, sorry chair. i just wanted to say something chair, quickly right yeah. so if you look at the constitution in sweden for example right uh, in sweden pretty much you have the right to say almost anything you want you have the right to express yourself freely on the radio television internet the fundamental law on freedom of expression set out this right it also describes what is not permitted for example defaming or publicly insulting another person so that's the law in sweden okay so you're not allowed to do that but somehow quran no problem and if i believe if i was right there was a, a you know they not just wanted to burn the quran i think they wanted to burn the bible even i think even the torah as well at some point for some reason you know that that's okay because you can do whatever you want but you're not allowed to go and defame someone you're not allowed to go and do something about it so in this case sam harris talks about you know oh you know the right you know this is an absolute right you can do whatever you want especially this book it's just like any other books it was written by men this is what his, his point was yeah yep. i mean uh sam harris may allah guide him to this beautiful dean i mean i mean i mean he is self-criticizing himself he is self-contradicting of what he's saying now if the freedom of speech is to attack one religion and ban it where's the freedom of that if that is the freedom if someone else wanted to do something against that person who is doing that why is he talking against him or against them isn't that a freedom in their views so there is nothing called freedom the freedom that islam has given us will never find freedom in anything else better than what islam has given because it is living it is living with others coexisting i mean we don't need to remind these guys about the history of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam how he lived with the yahud in medina how he lived with the mushrikun in makkah and he is just they are just nothing they just trying to be famed they just trying to be famous for doing this because they are upsetting many muslims and they will never ever win because wa yamkuruna wa yamkurullah wallahu khairul makirin and also yuriduna liyutfiyu nurallah bi afwahihim wallahu mutimmu nurihi walau karihal mushrikun allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect this deen forever no one will be able to wipe it out of this on this earth allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alam I have uh, two things to add uh, to what he says. First of all, he says the um the way Muslims um, are upset about burning their book it's unethical. He he used this word unethical. So now for people who are defending their beliefs and they are upset because their beliefs were insulted that is unethical and someone who else who is insulting the other group is ethical. contradicting this, this is new to me this is this is very new to me i just i just don't understand um i just don't understand uh, the 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 concept uh, i'm i'm not from the west i didn't i have never lived there so i don't know you guys can can educate me you know is what is ethical and what is unethical because i'm very confused and the second thing that i'm very confused about is someone like him in the field of academia to be okay with someone burning any book you you are a researcher you are a person of academia you are an intellect person you love books you love reading you love research you're okay with someone destroying a book regardless of what is in that book it it's just consider it to be information you're happy and you're content that someone is destroying a book so today he wrote so many books if someone goes yes. to the street 
and burns Sam Harris books, will he have the same reaction? I'm sure he will get upset. He will be upset. Sorry for interrupting you, Sheikh. Let not give yes. this guy what he is not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, these uh, this is uh, too much contradiction. Yeah, and absolutely. Even 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 a child in school would understand that this is not right, morally not right. And the problem, the, the main problem with these people, is there are two types of uh, ethics. There are divine ethics from Allah. And they are man-made ethics. And when the man-made ethics are not regulated by the law of Allah, you can do whatever you want. So today, in Islam, you cannot even backbite someone who is not with you. If someone is in a different country, if someone is a different country, yeah, and uh, he will never hear what you're saying about him, can never you can never backbite him but to them no you can insult people you can do whatever you want it's part of your ethical conduct how is this your freedom ends where you start hurting other people when you start hurting other people it's not there's no longer freedom in your house do whatever you want it's the same way now they're contradicting themselves Today, they're talking about freedom, okay? I'm, I'm very sorry for this graphic example, but I have to say it. In my house, if they, I'm following the concept of freedom, I can be in my house without clothes, okay? In Europe. Can I go out and go to the office totally naked? claiming that I'm free to do whatever I want? Isn't my freedom stopping at my doorstep because now I'll be invading other people's freedom? So this, this idea, this idea that, oh, we're free, we can do whatever we want, and, and, and all of this nonsense is just not acceptable. So when it comes to insulting Muslims, then it's freedom. When it, when it comes to when it comes to uh, their own freedom, then there's something else. I just don't understand uh, how it works. Yeah, I guess one one more thing that I, we should discuss is right. Okay, Islam, the Muslim will be upset if you were to to do these things, which is which is which is fine, right? But you see, yeah, the Muslim majority country, we don't see Muslims. Where the majority, right? They're the one that set up the law and things like that. You don't see the Muslim actually go out and do these things to other religions or anyone else. In fact, the the the, the you know, like I, I believe in Malaysia, for example, yes, it's a Muslim majority country. We have a Sharia law and all that. At the same time, you know, you can't even insult other others' religion because this is a teaching of Islam. Or uh, as a Muslim, are we allowed to actually do this thing? Sheikh Baba, can you clarify that to? Maybe if Sam Harris watch our video, maybe he will like uh, learn from this, uh, <laughs> inshallah. I mean, do we Muslim? Are we allowed to to make fun of other other religions? No, absolutely not. Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told us, do not abuse those who worship other than Allah, so that they abuse Allah without knowing. So we cannot, <coughs> and we should not. That is why I was saying, we Muslim, we Muslims, we need to be careful that we don't play with these guys games because what they are doing is to try and make these big exaggeration abuse muslims more so that to cause an anger from the muslims to go and do something silly so that they could use that to justify what they're doing or what they might do in the future it is absolutely wrong we cannot and we should not Allahu alam. Shahatim, there's one comment here that says, um, uh, okay, I think Shahatim <coughs> freeze a little bit here. I'm oh, here. Sure. No, no, all good. That's one of the comments says, mentioned about, you know, um, don't, uh, the atheists have knowledge. Sam Harris is an atheist, right? He's a self-claimed atheist. He's a, he defends atheism. Um, they got no logic because, you know what, uh, Shahatim, you do know that the, um, the atheists also believe in aliens. 
Really? Have they have they seen them? Have they seen them? Please, please, in, please introduce them to us. I'm just gonna do one more clip here. One more clip. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. And it should be working. I, I mean, the larger point to make here, though, is that we can't afford we the west we you know secular societies diverse societies pluralistic societies globally speaking can't conform to the religious taboos of any specific community i mean right now if you if you go on chat gpt4 and ask it to tell you a joke about jesus it will tell you a joke about jesus and if you ask it to tell you a joke about buddha it will tell you a joke about buddha they're not good jokes but they, it'll tell you jokes but if you ask it to tell you a joke about muhammad it will refuse because of the religious sensitivities of Muslims. And if you ask it about that incoherence, um, it will basically become as evasive as Andrew Tate was when you interviewed him. Well, you know I mean, what was interesting? I was actually going to reference. I, I mean, the larger point to make here. So obviously, Sam's very upset. Uh, the fact that if you were to ask ChatGPT to make jokes about Muhammad وسلم, or anything about Islam, uh, ChatGPT wouldn't do it. So, you know, he's very upset about these things. And can you make comment on that? I mean, do we Muslim happy that, uh, do we make fun of Jesus? No, we don't. Because Jesus is one of our prophet, one of our prophets that was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't make fun of anyone, right? So we're not happy just because, you know, we actually, as a Muslim, like, you know, I remember sitting down with others, you know, uh, not Muslim, and then they were saying things about Jesus. I've actually at one point stopped. I said, look, can you please don't do that? Because, you know, this is not befitting of me as a Muslim to listen to these jokes because Jesus, for us as Muslims, are one of the greatest prophets. is one of the chosen ones, right? So I have stopped that conversation because we don't like this and just like any any other things, right? So uh, in this situation, <laughs> maybe, maybe ChatGPT doesn't understand freedom of speech. <laughs> the issue here, Brother Fridaus, is subhanAllah, all this shows how the Quran is a mu'jiza. The Quran is a challenge. When Allah said, Inhum illa kalanam balhum adal, person like him is like an animal, is even worse. Because ChatGPT is not a person. It doesn't <laughs> abuse people's prophet, and yet he can. This shows how true this Quran is and how true this challenge remains and it will never be defeated. And the way he's going about it, maybe one day may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open his heart to this deen as he has done for many who have come through this Quran to find faults, to find holes in them, in it, just to ridicule it, and then they being a Muslim and defending the deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. One question, Shah Hatim. Do you think ChatGPT is a Muslim? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I can say about ChatGPT, it has more sensible ethics than a lot of educated people in suits. It knows that insulting, uh, you know, uh, religious figures is not uh, acceptable. But these people, they're willing to go to any extreme. And uh, I, 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 I want to ask people like Sam Harris, uh, if they go back like 50 years, 60 years back, when they were sitting with their grandparents, what were their grandparents teaching them? They were teaching them, be kind to your friends, be good to your neighbor, you know, be a good citizen, have good ethics and morals, you know, uh, have respect to your parents on the table. Where did all these values go? We are, we are not the aliens. We are not coming up with something new that is imposed on the Europeans. We are actually telling the Europeans that please go back to what your grandparents taught you. Your grandparents were not Muslims, but they had ethics. And we are asking you to go back and have ethics the same way your ancestors had ethics. But what, how, they, how they're behaving today, 
is unethical, unethical. And then, unfortunately, people like like them will come to the Middle East or to the Muslim world, and they will lecture Muslims about ethics and human rights and all of these nonsense, while they don't have the simple, uh, you know, ethical conduct in their life. It's okay for them to insult anybody just because I feel like it. I get up in the morning, I want to insult a Muslim. It's okay. It's, it's my freedom. No, it's not your freedom. You don't live in, on, on this planet alone. You have other 8 billion people and you should respect them and you should uh, be a good neighbor. That's even what the Bible is teaching you, to be a good neighbor. So you no longer believe in the Bible. You no longer believe in the Torah. You no longer be. You no longer even follow ChatGPT's moral ethics. What are you? What What is remaining from you, except the body of a human being? You don't even have the sensibility of a human being. So what is left with you? It seems like the you, you see you see you see the Muslims are odd ones. You think that the Muslims are odd. The Muslims are have not changed in centuries. They're the same. It seems like sometimes, you know, when we think about it, uh, when we reflect upon what they are saying, uh, the more secular, the more immoral you become, <laughs> the more respectful you become. Um, somehow you got, you got nothing, there's no haya, there's no shyness, you do whatever you want. It's all go, 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 go. Do whatever you want. Be whatever you want. And that's what it is. Um, subhanallah. Um, you know, this type of things happens all the time, but you know, Islam can never, like you said, uh, Shahatim earlier, Islam will keep growing, nothing will happen. But we as a Muslim, we need to know how to respond to this as well. Absolutely, we don't need to get upset about this. This religion belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah will look after it. And I think, uh, one of the one of the things as well, right? It reminds me of what happened the um, uh, with Abdul Mutalib, right? When uh, Abraha came with his army to destroy Kaaba. And I remember the story quite well, right? And the, no, the, the, the Abraham called uh, Abdul Muttalib, who, uh, the one who looked after, the, um, who were in charge at that time in Mecca, and then said, look, what are you here for? You want to defend that? He said, no, no, I just want to come and get my camels. And uh, he said, what about this house? Look, this house belongs to Allah. <laughs> and uh, he's the, crea the creator is there. He said, this is his house. He will look after it, you know, and then we'll do whatever he wants. It's between you and him. Uh, I'm just gonna get what I'm, what I, what belongs to me, and I'm leave it to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, and you see what happened? How the destruction happened to them? Yes. I and sometimes we don't even need. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So sometimes we don't even need to worry too much about these small, small things because it will not harm us. It will not harm the religion of Islam. And we take it, but we have to also say that we so we don't like it because this is. Uh, our this is our choice. We have a freedom to express that we dislike such a thing. Um, correct. This is our this is our expression. This is our freedom to say, to say what to say this as well to respond to this. Yes, Shahadim. There is a verse that I came across in Surat Al Imran, uh, um, verse nineteen, where Allah says, "Surely the true religion with Allah is Islam, and those to whom the book had been given did not show opposition, but." after knowledge had come to them out of envy among themselves and whoever disbelieves in the communication of Allah then surely Allah is quick in reckoning this verse indicates that unfortunately today the more people become educated and intellectual the more opposition they are to Allah I, I assure you if you go to the villages and the small, small towns in Europe and you present this idea of burning the Quran to these people, simple people, they will reject it because the fitr inside them will not allow a person to insult another human being. But the people who become very intellectual, they're very knowledgeable, uh, there are so many names, I don't want to mention all of them, but you see, instead of them getting closer to Allah because of their knowledge, they become the most 
opposes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, again, Sheikh Baba, you said the Quran is a miracle. And the Quran is, is revealing to us always what is going to happen. And what these verses who, that were revealed uh, 1,400 years ago are coming to, li to live today with this particular example. Wallahu alam. Shikababa, um, there's a few things that I wanted to um, uh, put here. I've got some notes here. And with regards to the the manners in the Quran, you know, Allah talked about in the Quran uh, to talk to speak truthfully, speak with justice, speak with moderately, speak positively. We have to speak beautifully, speak gently, speak graciously, speak softly. We know, we know Quran told us not to speak too loud, yelling. Speak effectively, speak humbly, and speak bravely. And of course, one of the things that we, you know, one of the khatib always mentioned in, in Jummah prayer, you know, do not always speak the truth. And, you know, these are the values that are in the Quran that are being taught to those who understand and listen, who, who actually follow the Quran, the Muslims. So the Muslim who follow the Quran will actually have a very, very good manners. And somehow, you know, I think I hope one day maybe some Harris look into the Quran and actually see what are the values being taught in Islam in the Quran. And because the values that we have in, in the Quran, and this is why we, you know, Sheikh, sometimes we feel like, you know, we Muslim, we need to go out there a bit more and share the message of the Quran. And we also Muslim have to follow that as best as we can. Yes, we have our shortcomings. We are not perfect. But, you know, the teaching on the Quran is just so beautiful and the world will be a better place if everyone were to follow all the values that was written in the Quran. All the values that is in the Quran is, is so perfect. There's just a few examples that I, I, I have. Absolutely. I mean, uh, a comment, if everyone went around saying whatever they want, it will be chaos. If everyone went mm. around doing whatever they want, come to a traffic light, either you have got a green light or red light, you go, you see how the, how the world will end it will end up in disaster so as i said before we muslims we need to hold on to this deen and ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to beautify our manners and our action and our behaviors to be in line with the teachings of the quran and with the teachings of the authentic sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam You know, Zakallah Khairan, Sheikh Baba, Sheikh Hatim, anything else that you, um, any of you wanted to add or to say on, on this topic? Um, we've got a bit more time here as well. Um, one thing I would say before I give it to Sheikh Hatim to do the conclusion is that, uh, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, we need to be proud Muslims. We need to put our heads up high. Be yourself, Muslim. Be the mirrors of the deen. So when we behave, when we speak, when we walk, when we look, it has to be the mirror of this deen. Let not give the haters of Islam what they don't deserve. Let not give them a way that uh, their action leads us to act against our deen. Because two wrongs does not make it right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Brother Firdaus mentioned before, and Sheikh Hatim also, this deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need me and you to protect it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already protected it. You know, during the history of Islam, we know many books were, were put into the river. It changed the water. It changed the color of the water. Where those books are, they are no longer exist. People who have come to challenge the Quran to say they will write something similar to the Quran or even better than the Quran, they failed. People who have been in the Quran today they will die leaving this Quran exist. 
the miracleness of this Quran will never be defeated. Yes, it will be challenged, but it will never be defeated. And this deen will forever cherish. Because that is guaranteed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not by a person who will make a law today and 10 years later change it because their circumstances have changed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. I just have one question to Sheikh Hatim actually. Um, in Oman, right, um, do you have people of other faith in Oman? There are, you know, other religious institutions in Oman? Yes, so we do have uh, Christians. We have uh, almost uh, eight to ten churches. Uh, we do have um, Hindus. We have Hindu temples. And um, I don't know if we have Buddhist temples. We don't. I don't think we don't. We have uh, Buddhist temples. But um, of course, uh, the Omani population, 100% are Muslims. So um, these uh, other faiths are the expatriates who are living in Oman. They have the right to, you know, practice their faith uh, freely. So they do Sunday mass. They do their occasions and celebrations in their places of worship. Okay, so that that's good. So I just wanted to share that with the uh, with our viewers if they don't, they don't know about that, and I think uh, it's very important. So I just one more question, right? So yeah. will the government of Oman protect these places of worship? Well, I have to add uh, and say that uh, some of these churches were built under under the uh, financial support of the Omani government. So the Omani government is the one who built these. Uh, you know, uh, places of worship. So they are under the protection, yes. Nobody is to touch them or insult them or harm them in any way. It's a, offensive against the law. You can go to 10 years in prison if you insult someone from another faith in Amman. So not just to the Muslim, for anyone? For anyone, anyone. Insulting anyone. 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 Even if not, even if, even if not insulting their faith, even insulting the person. If I say to a person, anyone, you're stupid. I can go to prison for that. We're not allowed to insult anyone. So no freedom of insulting. <laughs> no freedom for insulting. Yes. <laughs> I guess one more one more thing, right? Before we come to an end here, I think Sheikh Baba and and Shahatim you mentioned before. But what will be the best response for us as Muslims in, with this type of, um, you know, Quran burning or anything, anything people make fun of the prophets or people make fun of our religion? What will be the best way to respond? Should we boycott certain things? Like, you know, they are called to boycott Sweden. They are called to boycott Denmark, for example. Or do we protest to show that we are unhappy with what's happening over there? What, how do should we respond to it? What would be the best way Islamically? The best way Islamically is, is to hold on to this deen firmly and understand that uh, what Rasulullah said, a time will come in this ummah, the one who is holding to the, this deen is like holding to a charcoal of fire. That is one. Secondly, is to supplicate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide these people to this deed. Thirdly, if one wants, if they have got other alternatives, if they want to boycott, it is a freedom. People have their own money. They can buy what they want. And they can decide not to buy if they don't want to buy. What about protest, Shea? Protest. I will go against it. Why? Because it might turn out to be counterproductive. It will be giving these people what they don't deserve. That is how I say it. I could be wrong, but that is my personal opinion. What about you, Sheikh Hatim? And, sorry, and making yes. the hour. Making the hour. Absolutely. Inviting people to this day. 
good point, Shay. They remind me of the saying of uh, Imam Shafi'i: "You don't give time to fools, to to people who are foolish people. You know, it's, it's not worth of your time. It doesn't benefit us, and it doesn't benefit them. And if anything, just wasting our time." So I like the saying of Imam Shafi'i with regards to this: when people come with crazy stuff, well, you take it. You know, we say we don't like it. We say what we will say. That's our right to say that, and we have to say something because we love our deen, we love our religion. Uh, but hey, you go and do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, it's, it's your it's your call. <laughs> Sheikh Hatim, what about from you, from your perspective, Sheikh? I I want to send uh, a few messages to a few people. First of all, go ahead, Shah. I want to send a message to the person who is burning the Quran. I want to say that despite the 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 bad thing that you have done. There's also hope. There's always hope for you first to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, don't worry about the two million people, the Muslims. You know, they cannot help you add anything to you. But on the day of judgment, you have to worry about Allah. So you still have the chance to repent and come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Allah, I'm sorry for what I did for insulting your book. The second thing my message to him today if you repent and you apologize to the muslims you will be one of them a brother even if you don't embrace islam we're not asking you to embrace islam and this is what happened to the member of parliament in holland who was the, the an enemy of islam he was trying to write publication against islam and then he became a muslim and now he is loved by two billion people and he travels all around the Muslim world and nobody remembers the insults that he had to Islam. So this is my message to him. My message to the intellectual people in Europe and anywhere else, please do not, your, do not allow your knowledge and intellectuality to block you from reality, from the truth. The truth is very obvious and very clear even the person who is uneducated he will see the truth but you are blind because of your ego so don't allow your knowledge to block you from the ego from the from the truth <clears throat> my third message is to the people the simple lovable people of europe please do not allow such things to happen on your land because now you have very strong good relation with your fellow Muslims whether it is in the Middle East or the Islamic world you know you have no animosity towards them they love you and you love them you have business transaction you have uh, you know a, a communication going on do not allow a few people in your society to ruin that relationship it's your responsibility to stand up and say no we will not allow this in our land. Your uh, rules and regulation is based on the majority. So if the majority of people in Sweden say, we want to change the constitution, we want to change the laws, that something like this is not allowed in Sweden, it will change. Because this is not a divine law, it is a man-made law and it, it can always be changed. So take a positive step to change such things because Sweden was a very stable, uh, sweet, uh, a lot of people visit Sweden, they love it. And now it's like on the export. Nobody wants to go, nobody wants to deal with the Swedish. And it's somehow unfair, yeah? Now to the Muslims, their reaction, I would say always, think about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and how he reacted to those who insulted him because the reason why i'm saying this i've seen on youtube in some news agencies some muslim nations have uh, manufactured toilets with the swedish flag and they think that if they do this they are insulting uh, the, the swedish people but actually, this is not the reaction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was insulted a lot. But he was patient. He was loving. He did more da'wah. He put more effort. He thought that 
you know why should i why shouldn't i put more effort in these people why sh if they treat me badly i will treat them nicely like the story with his neighbor who used to throw dirt in front of his house the prophet ﷺ never reacted and never went low to the to the level of this neighbor he treated him with kindness and that's why that that neighbor became a muslim so we as muslims should do the same thing all the flags and the protest and the burning and this will not bring results. Only you following your teachings will bring results. And if today they do not become allies to us and friends to us, their offsprings will become allies and friends to us. And as you can see, the animosity the Prophet ﷺ that got from the people of Taif, today their offsprings are Muslims. And believing in Allah. What is that? Zakallah khairan, Sheikh. And it's a very good way to end the program. Zakallah khairan, Zakallah khairan, Sheikh Baba, Sheikh Hatim. Inshallah, we'll meet again next uh, week on Friday. And inshallah, you know, we will see Sheikh Hatim in New Zealand soon as well. Um, if you are watching from New Zealand. Uh, inshallah, uh, we'll catch up with you all again next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa